Hey there, this is Joel with the Path Design Podcast. Just reminding you that these specific videos that you are about to hear are much better viewed on YouTube because they hold images, pictures, photographs, slides that kind of depict everything we'll be talking about in this specific episode. And so keep that in mind as you listen that you might want to go to our YouTube channel. Just search Path Design Podcast on YouTube. And that way you will be able to see the images that depict what we're going to talk about so you get a more full picture of what is discussed here in this episode. Thank you for listening. Hey there, welcome back to the Path to Zion podcast where we are rediscovering the ancient way. Thank you for joining us today. In case you're new around here, you can always find us at pathtozion.com for the audio recordings of all these episodes. And uh, of course you can find us here on YouTube and Facebook as well, if you want to track the program, if you are uh, passing through here for the very first time. So thank you for joining us. What we try to do here is we talk about primarily subjects that a lot of times the Christian church does not really address or inquire about, um, things we've just not been taught, things that if we've been told have been eradicated and done away with, Yet, a lot of times we see them in a prophesied age that's yet to come, whether it's the millennial reign or in New Jerusalem or somewhere in the, in the future, a prophesied time. And, and a lot of times we just ask here, why aren't we doing some of these things now? Many things we see in place in Israel, in the, in the formation even of the people of Yahweh Elohim, and we see them do these things, and then all of a sudden, Yeshua, Jesus, the Son of God, comes, and they're still doing these things, and he never taught against those things. We see first century church do those things, and then all of a sudden, we see an eradication of many things that the original church, that again, did not start at the upper room Pentecost timeline, time frame, event, the church had already existed. There was no new idea to start a church when Holy Spirit came to indwell men um, in Acts chapter 2. And so we try to just kind of unearth some things, ask very hard questions. Most people are not inquirers. They don't just ask questions and, and kind of like being proven wrong. Around here, we kind of like that. We believe it's for our good. We believe that the plurality of the body of Messiah, we all have a role and a function to help one another get from A to B to C to D and onward. And so that's kind of the purpose of what we do here in case you are new. We're picking up new listeners and we're thankful for that. Um, today specifically, this is going to be just a one and done episode. It's just going to be one simple episode um, based upon the, the whiteboard teaching in our home here today. Um, and I'll preface it with this. The last 24 hours or so have been very hard on me. I'm not going to give you specifics, but in regards to my, my biblical doctrine, um, I'm always sharing on here how the Father has had me on oh, what just seems unending, this, <laughs> this relentless undoing of, of doctrines and traditions of men that I've been handed. Now, we've all had this journey some people hit that place and don't care and just continue on in the traditions of men that we've been handed. Others, like myself, not okay with that. It does not line up with this. Therefore, that false doctrine has to go. 
And then there's that median ground, which is where I am a lot presently, is I'm taught something that says X, but that doesn't line up with the continuity of the capital S scriptures, with the written word of God. So, so I'll read a text and we could pick, we could pick several and I say, that doesn't make sense. That doesn't seem to make sense with, again, the continuity of the word of Yahweh Elohim. It doesn't make sense. And so what we just talked about in the series where we have been discussing what unclean animals are, what is for food, what is not, what is not just permissible for us now, because we're not looking to just do what we're allowed and not be an obedient people who are exceptional, but we want to be found pleasing in the sight of our Father to the utmost. And so we, and many other people now, interestingly, are starting to ask questions about what is it we are to do and what is it we are not to do. Forget my doctrine. Forget what I've been handed. What does this say in the perpetuity of A to B? Genesis to Revelation. And if something doesn't line up, we've got to face that. And like I shared about Peter and the vision that he had when he's up on his roof or he's up in the upper part of his house praying, and he has this trance vision, and he sees the sheet descend, as we discussed, of course, already. And he said something that's quite interesting. He said that in, in the, the description of his response, he was perplexed. Peter was perplexed. I don't understand what I'm hearing because the voice of the Lord is seemingly disagreeing with the commands of my Father. And so he, instead of just, okay, new doctrine, he sat and it says, we don't have time to rehash it, of course, but he sat down and thought about the vision. A couple verses later, it says he's still meditating on the vision. Why? Because it, he was perplexed. It was a perplexing thing that his ears heard. And so, that would be a good principle for us to adopt in our life. I'm doing that, surprisingly, even to myself, to levels that are surprising me, that are hard for me. And I like, I kind of I kind of enjoy the Father bringing me something. He says, you know, Joel, that's, that's errant doctrine. That's not true. That's not... What you've been handed and taught, son, is not true, according to my word and my intent through the authors and why they wrote that. To others, but for you. And so, in that wrestling, the, the reason why I said that is because yesterday evening and last night, I was just in a, I was in a tough place of really questioning some of my beliefs about some things that are deep, 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 deep now. And if I wasn't, at least on some level of spiritual maturity, would have terrified me, and I probably would have said, you know, I can't do this anymore. Immaturity would have caused me to just walk away. But I'm perplexed. I'm perplexed. I'm like Peter. Father, I sit, I wait, I'm meditating, I'm pondering, I'm praying, I'm seeking your word and seeking your face. You are absolute truth, and, and, and I am seeking your face. Not just mere truth, I'm seeking you. My heart is towards you. <sighs> Diligently seeking him. And so, last night, 
I just was reading, and, and, and I would like to say that the Holy Spirit led me to 1 Peter. In my, in my emotion, in my, my, my perplexed condition. And, and what the Father led me to in His Word was just exactly what I needed. And so I want to share that today. Again, it was our whiteboard teaching today. And so I want to, I want to read that, and we're just going to discuss it for a few moments. I'm going to drink some more coffee. It's another cold, snowy morning here. I'm ready for spring. 1 Peter chapter 2 is where we're going to be. It's our primary text. We're only going to read a couple verses. This is not going to be some deep, deep teaching time. This is just us talking. And there, we're going to focus in on this one word in the Greek, and it's hupogramos. Hupogramos. You can say it several ways. I've heard it a couple different ways in the Greek. But it's this word example. Um, and so let's just read it, and then we're going to talk about it, okay? Again, 1 Peter chapter 2, verse 21. For you have been called for this purpose. Okay, pause. If we really study the Scriptures, and if we read things correctly, we can't just read right there and go on. Okay, so what is this purpose? We'll get back to that. Because you can't go any further without reading this purpose. <laughs> For you have been called for this purpose, okay? Since Messiah also suffered for you, leaving you an example for you to follow in his steps. Okay, so there's the word example, this hupa gramos. This example is what we're going to key in on. And the for you have been called for this purpose. So this purpose, we have to know, and, and there is a teacher... Um, Years ago, I listened to this message that was so good. He was talking about a scripture where that type of verbiage was used. And, and he talked about how, how it would do us well to sit and realize the, the writer of this text is about to tell us something very important. He's about to tell us something of utmost importance. When you see verbiage like, for this purpose, or for this reason you have been given, we need to really sit down and be like, okay, the Word of God is supposed to tell me, is about to tell me something very great, very purposeful, very meaningful for my life. Because for you have been called for this purpose. Whoa, wait a minute, that's huge. A, a purpose that I have been called for, called according to. Okay, what is that? Well, we have to back up, of course, to the preceding verse. In verse 20, for what credit is there if when you sin and are harshly treated, you endure it with patience? Big deal, right? If, if you get co a correction or a, a response of, the, of a perfect, loving, heavenly Father, and you are harshly treated by others or, or just by mere circumstance because you're in sin, and you endure that with patience, big deal. It's your fault. <laughs> That's just a a spiritually mature man principle. Look, suck it up, man. It's your fault. It's your doing. Now, the verse continues, though, um, and to show us the purpose that we have been called into and called for. But if when you do what is right and suffer for that, if then you patiently endure it, this finds favor 
with Yahweh. Finds favor, grace. So in other words, for you have been called for this purpose. This purpose is what? I want to show some stuff on the screen today. Um, this is our whiteboard specifically this morning. And so obviously we can read the text here and it's highlighted to just make it very simple. Again, we have a child in our home. And sometimes I have childlike thinking too, and maybe it's good for me. For you have been called for this purpose. What purpose? Uh, a different paraphrase, if you will, of 1 Peter 2.20, the latter part of it. The purpose you've been called for is to patiently endure suffering for doing what is right. And again, why? Because of your hoopagramos. Because of your example. The capital E example now, the, the Son. Yeshua the Messiah, the, the perfect living example of what? One who suffered for doing nothing but good. For doing what is right. And he endured it patiently all the way unto death. In the, in the face of his persecutors, of his accusers. Of, of those who physically beat him and those throughout his entire life that called him uh, a demon-possessed man, a heretic. And friends, I don't know about your life. You may cruise through and you may never get any pushback from anybody else, but that's not my life. I don't believe, doctrinally speaking now, not just because it lines up with my lifestyle, if we're not facing suffering in our life and and like affliction, according to what Scripture talks about that, like something's wrong with our lifestyle. Because why? The example, the hoopagramos, Yeshua the Son. He had to patiently endure suffering for doing what is right. Friends, doing what is right will cost us. And that's what I want to talk about for just a few minutes. It will cost us, friends. So let's look at this. This is an image that will be good for us to, uh, to see. Please be patient. Stand by. Because um, I also want to look up something else I didn't think of earlier. Now, in ancient times, students would be given this tablet. We're going to go back and forth to that. Um, this was basically a physical manifestation of what? This word example, hupogramos. I hope I'm saying that right, or this is going to be really bad. <laughs> and the, 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 the word understanding, for, for example, is a writing copy, including all letters of the alphabet. And it's given to beginners as an aid in learning to draw the letters in order to draw the alphabet. And this is an example here, and here's another one. And you can see this one's a, a little clearer depiction of the indentation, if you will. And this, this was often um, clay. It was kind of soft. And it could, of course, be, for lack of better terms, erased. Because obviously, you know, you didn't have stacks of printer paper out back or, or construction paper in your drawers full for your children to, to doodle on. <laughs> and you just burn it or throw it away. Obviously, we're in a different time period, and, and this tablet was used by the instructor to what? To carve out a form, letters. 
And the reason that it was indented like that was why. You can see it here is another good example. The student would then be given this stylus or some, some historical things you can read, say maybe their fingers were also used. That would make sense. But the stylus would go into the grooves of the teacher and it would carve. The, well, you wouldn't really carve. You would just follow. You would, you would follow what was already carved, to be really clear, even spiritually speaking. You would simply put your stylus or your finger into the grooves of the master teacher. You do what they already carved out. You put that stylus right there, and as you do that, given to beginners as an aid in learning to draw the letters of the alphabet according to a copy. Okay, you are copying literally what has already been laid out for you by the teacher. Now, I think this is obviously very interesting as we talk about what? As we talk about this verse right here. We have been given one of those images, a hoopagramos. One. One example. And, and it's worth noting that what I studied out this morning in brief. This is the only place in the entire written word of God where this word, example, hupogramos, is used. I find that very interesting when we follow patterns within the word of God. One time, and ironically, one example. One. One example. And, and why am I sharing this? Basically because so many things in my life right now, doctrinally speaking, are just being lined up and just assaulted. Which is okay, but sometimes that's hard. Some things are easy to let go of, and some things are very costly. <clears throat> Excuse me, costly. It's always different. This one's very costly. It's interesting, and I won't go into all the details about how I've arrived here, but the Father's been preparing me for this for the last several months. And so last night and into this morning, my heart was just crying out for what the Father brought me to in this verse. The peace that comes in the fact that there was, a, there was an Emmanuel God-man that came down, the Word became flesh, and He dwelt among us. The Emmanuel God-man, the perfect Son of the Most High, and He became a physical flesh-man example for you and for, I, for me to walk out the rest of our days, days in line with. Our life is that stylus moving along, tracing what? The example. The copy. Why is he called the firstborn of many brethren? Think about that. For your good, I have no notes today, so this won't take forever. He's the firstborn of many brethren. Now, we've heard that our whole lives if we've been in church, but the significance of that is what? He's a prototype copy. He's a forerunner messiah. He is the one who has gone along the path, and, and he's, a, he's a narrow gate, he's a narrow path, he's a narrow way. Few will find it, and even fewer will walk it once they find it. But there's one gate, one way, one veil to go through to the Father. And although he tore down the, the, the physical veil, he is still now the veil, the mediator. We were reading the other night about... Um, the, the ark and, and, and the, the covering, the mercy seat. Now, there is still a mediator reality between God and men. But what? It's our example. He has revealed himself 
in humanly form now. Why? So that we can look to an individual that literally walked out the perfect Torah commands of his father to absolute perfection. He wasn't just a good man, y'all. He wasn't just a guy who didn't sin. We've been told our whole lives, well, who's Jesus? Well, he's the son of God and he never sinned. Okay, but what does that mean? What does that mean, never sinned? He never one time violated the commands of his father. Okay, we have to use this verbiage, that this Christianese that we've been throwing around for eons. We have to, we have to clarify what we're saying. When you don't violate the laws of your father, you are therefore not in sin. But see, even that verbiage I can tell already from conversations I've been having with people makes people cringe. Ooh, are you talking about laws and rules again? How do you know what is sin? How do you know what is sin? How do we know what is wrong and right? How do we know? The church just wants to define it, culturally speaking. And here we are. The church, Christianity of 2021. Morality. What's morality? Always changing. Nebulous. Changing with generations. As they become more and more degenerate. And what? Rebellious. Hating commands. Lawless ones. We talk about that with regularity. But this hupogramos. Again, let's look at this picture because I like this. Imagine, if you will, that that Yeshua the Son is this, this clay tablet. And could we just say, metaphorically speaking, the Father is holding the stylus and He has already carved out a way for you and I to walk. I love imagery. I love metaphor. I love illustration. So let's just use that, shall we? Let's do this to make this point clear. Look at this photo. Let's just say, metaphorically speaking, that that clay tablet is Yeshua the Son. That hand is the hand of the perfect Father, Creator God. And the stylus is His, his commands, His ways, His statutes, every single thing that brings Him joy and pleasure and delight when His children walk in His ways. Because again, friends, we have to call this something. It has to look like something. We cannot just say any longer, church, you cannot just say, how do we be like Jesus? We love everyone. That is so shallow. What does that mean? How do we even know what love is? I mean, seriously, how do we know what love is? How do we know how to be Free from sin. Well, what is sin? What is sin? Sin is lawlessness breaking the commands of the Creator God. Rebellion. <laughs> defined by Him, not defined by the church or by me or by you. Defined by the eternal written Word of God preserved and given to us in the best form that we have it. So what if this image is true? And the hand of the Father wrote upon the tablet, the, 
the Hupogramos of his son, Yeshua the Messiah. And he carved out a way for you and I to walk. He carved out a way for us to walk, friends. He's our one example. One example. So what are we following? What is the purpose that we've been called unto? What is it saying we've been called unto? And more importantly, like I highlighted in our whiteboard this morning, what is it not saying? We're not receiving earthly temporal favor. We're not promised our best life now. So much of Christianity now, as we always talk about, is favor, favor, favor. Ask Jesus into your heart and get better. That's not scriptural in any way. That's not what the gospel is. It's patiently enduring suffering, friends. Just like our Messiah, Yeshua. So let us become a people. Let us become a people, as we look at this one more time, that have been called for this purpose. What purpose? To patiently endure suffering for doing what is right. For doing what is right now. And we've got to be careful that any suffering that comes our way is because we're doing right. I see a lot of people just mouthing off and getting themselves in trouble and saying, this is what happens when you're persecuted for the name of Jesus. I don't buy it. I don't believe it. I think we misuse that and misappropriate any persecution that comes because it aligns us with just being shunned. I'm so much like Jesus. People just won't even talk to me anymore. Maybe it's just because we're rude. Maybe it's because we're hurtful. <laughs> Maybe it's because we're declaring our own message and not the one example message of Yeshua the Son who patiently endured suffering for doing what is right. I want to be found... Now, the, the, the message is... The message is con confrontational. Makes people angry. That's no newsflash around here. Few people are interested in talking about hard things. It will be offensive to, to the majority. But if it's for doing what this says, the best I know how and the best you know how, it's okay. It's right. If we're suffering because we are laboring in our entire waking moments of our entire day are to the best of our abilities living according to this... May we endure well. May we endure well. May we constantly scrutinize morning, evening, when we get up and when we lie down. Father, examine me. I want to be like your son. I want to be like your son. I want to be the one who just presents to you my hand and lets you guide me with that stylus in the, the indentations of your son. Because if we can do that, this is what I'm always saying, and I've really been saying that the last evening into morning today. I just want to do that. Father, help me to be one who, who sees the example that you've been given, and I just present myself in humility to move me about. 
Move me about in all those grooves, Father, because this is perfect. This is perfection. Don't believe the lie that you, well, you're just a fallen, you're just a fallen, sinful, wretched man. You're not Jesus. That's a lie. That is a lie. We've been told in closing, even in regards to Torah now and Deuteronomy, it says that this is not too hard for you. This is not too much. This is not above and beyond your ability to keep. When was that? Long before the hoopagramos reality came and we were given a flesh man demonstration. Before that, Yahweh did not burden us with something we could not bear and could not keep. We have never been given more than we can be found accomplishing to perfection if we choose to be obedient in the eyes of the Father. Obedient. We can be obedient. We just don't want to. Let's just be honest. We just don't want to. We're like my nine-year-old son. We're just rebellious and we want our own will and our own way. But not the one example, man. Not the one example, man. So what do we do? We take our lives and we try to posture ourselves in the hand of perfect Heavenly Father to guide us in the steps of the Son. We can do that. With Holy Spirit empowering us and the Word of God being ingested as much as we can get it in there, there's hope for any one of us. So friends, be encouraged today. There has been an example that's gone before us. Yes and amen. He was perfect in every possible way. How? Speaking what the Father said, doing what the Father's doing, and perfectly carrying out the commands of the Creator Father Himself. And we now are what? The many brethren. I'm the many brethren. I'm going to walk in the steps of the firstborn example, Yeshua the Son. This has been the Path to Zion podcast. Thank you for joining us today. As I'm always saying, find us online at pathtozion.com, YouTube, man, we're everywhere. iTunes, Pandora, all these other music sites, wherever podcasts are, you can find us. Um, Subscribe if you want to, share these videos if they encourage you. I I say that all the time because people are like, oh yeah, I need to send that to so-and-so. Somebody will send us an email. Oh, can I share? Of course. Yes, share these things, please. We're thankful for this opportunity to share. Anything that the Father would speak to us, may it speak to you as well. Thank you for watching. Amen.